Today, I'm sitting down with Inga Theron, the founder and creative director of Face Gym. The first ever brand to create a workout for the face, Face Gym has truly revolutionized the skincare game, and I'm so excited to learn more about it today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Inga Theron. She is the founder and creative director of Face Gym, the very first brand to tone, tighten and lift facial muscles to naturally enhance the skin. Inga launched the brand in 2015 with a concession in Selfridges, London, sharing her unique concept of non-invasive method to age gracefully. Throughout her 11 years as a beauty journalist at the Financial Times, Inga had visited nearly 60 spas all over the world, exploring traditional skincare techniques and working alongside doctors, gurus, facialists and fitness experts. Today, Facetune is a workout of its one-of-a-kind, mixing high-speed massaging with modern technology for the ultimate skincare experience. With 13 studios spanning across the UK and US, a digital face training platform and a newly launched Face Gym product range, Inga has captured the attention of the beauty world and opened its doors to the next generation of skincare. And personally, I'm a huge fan and customer, so I'm just very excited to have you on the podcast today, Inga. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much. I love that intro. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, only wonderful because you've built something so wonderful, so I can't wait to get into it. But um, I do ask all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask yourself, um, who in a nutshell is Inga. Uh, what depends on the time of day, month of year. <laughs> um, so I'm fundamentally a um, incredibly curious person, um, sort of really defined by um, my curiosity, which always work, you know, sort of um, dovetails into my career. But I probably, you know, feel most grounded as a mum of two girls, um, you know, so that's probably my, my heart is, is my family, but my brain and my life is really my career. So I kind of want to know your, so your upbringing, you, did you grow up in South Africa? I don't know, was it Pretoria? Yes, that was, that was wild. I grew up, I was born in Durban and then um, I was educated in Pretoria and then I moved with my family to, to Cape Town, uh, which was, you know, obviously a a wonderful upbringing. I really established my love for uh, nature, but obviously there were many political issues in the country, which which I felt less happy with. So uh, when I was 17, just about to turn 18, I moved over to the UK. Wow. And I mean, I do know three capitals. So there's Pretoria, Johannesburg, Cape Town. I know that. Um, but <laughs> what was like the your kind of fondest and earliest memories of beauty growing up um, in South Africa? Do you know what? It's so weird at the time I didn't realize, but if I look back now, it was definitely the Bronwyn Meredith Vogue beauty book. It was 
so beautifully illustrated. It was all about creating your own creams and lotions and potions. And I used to just pour over this book. And every weekend, every bit of spare time, I'd go downstairs, get an avocado, add some uh, lemon or whatever crazy ingredient. I'd basically beg my mom to go and buy. And I'd make hair masks and face masks. And it's very funny because if you read back, they were like, you can drink wine, eat steak, do yoga. you know, have sex with your husband and then do these masks. And I was like, why have we tried to reinvent the wheel? I mean, there it is, gospel. So I remember that vividly, uh, being super, super inspired by the pictures and just always wanting to be in the kitchen concocting stuff. I also have a great love of food. So just cooking and experimenting. And again, it goes back to that never-ending curiosity. Oh, I love that. And and that's an innate part of... I guess who you are today, because that curiosity is really, I think one of the most, like really most important parts of a founder as well is that always wanting to learn and grow and try new things. And that's when we create new magic that obviously has its risks, but um, it's worth the rewards that come with them. But I do want to talk a little bit at the beginning of like your career, because you moved to London. Um, uh, How was that like first? Was that your first move from South Africa into London or did you have any other... No, I I remember um, I had a hundred pounds and a dream of being Ruby. No, I mean, it wasn't Ruby Wax at the time. I think my first dream was a hundred pounds and I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. I was thinking about working for CNN, um, no qualifications, literally a hundred pounds. And I got my first job at Poor Boys Diner as as a barmaid. Um, and I, you know, what I didn't realize is you had to clean the bubble gum off the bottom of the, 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 the tables. I had to clean all the dirt and that Friday night pub vomit off the thing. So it was not glamorous at all, but I remember those days so fondly because I was free. You're 18. I had the whole world in front of me. I was so excited to be in London, which felt like the land of opportunity where, you know, just with grit um, and, and, and great ideas. You could really, it felt like you could do so much more. And, um, even though I was a small fish in this huge pond, I could see that space to grow. And so it was, um, that was literally my, my, my first, um, uh, job in, in, in the UK and with no real plans after that, but I managed to save a, another couple of hundred pounds. And I went backpacking with a girlfriend all around Europe. I'm a, I'm a surfer. So again, that just taught me to sort of, you know, um, have a little bit of grit going around waitress by day um, or waitress by night, surf by day. It was just a very bohemian life. So I traveled around the world, busking, having fun. I can't even imagine that my kids would do that today. Uh, So at the time, as I said, I I was really just enjoying Europe. I'd I'd never been to Europe prior to that. We were very much isolated in South Africa. So I I spent a couple of years exploring before then sort of going, okay, now we've got to get serious. And then I started thinking about my sort of broadcast journalist career. I know you had an incredible, um, I mean, 10 years, uh, 11 years, was it, at Financial Times? Was that your first gig? Was it there or did you have a few other experiences? No, I was actually, again, I'm sort of, I manifest very strongly, but I didn't realize at the time I I was already beginning to manifest. And so I got a job, an incredible man called Ben Pundle, who I still adore. He had opened this this amazing nightclub called the Met Bar. So remember at this time I was running around trying to study um, uh, journalism 
And anyway, I got this great job. I was a waitress at this incredible club. And I met a guy called Chris Evans, who had just bought Virgin Radio. Virgin Radio, yeah. Cut to, he was like, what are you doing at the moment? I'm like, oh, I'm doing my own radio at, at hospital radio. Dr. Inga Love, turning you in and turning you on at MHR. I'll never forget. He laughed his head off and said, you've got to come join me. And so I did. So I basically quit my studies. I continued at the at, at the bar until I got too tired. But I, I went on to work for Virgin Radio for a couple of years, worked with Jonathan Ross, uh, just, you know, went in at the top end. It was amazing education. Of course, you know, some days you have to make sandwiches and, you know, change people's yeah. shoes. And But that was such an incredible experience. Um, I went from, from presenting to um, supporting, researching, carting um, adverts to air. There was a wonderful base for me. And then it wasn't long after that that I was recruited into doing Anglia television. So I got my own film show on um, Rapture TV on Channel 4. It was like an 11 o'clock show. And what I didn't realize was that all of this was leading every door, every opportunity was giving me more confidence, giving me more expertise. At the TV, I was beginning to tell stories. I was basically, it was a, obviously cheap discount um, Rapture TV. We had no budget. So I was producing, I was filming, I was editing, I was setting up my own um, interviews with some of the biggest stars in the world. But fundamentally, it taught me how to tell a, tell a story. And now, today, if I think about Face Gym, it's just telling a story. Everything I do every day, whether it be creative director of, of, of spas and stuff, it's all that unique storytelling. So that was a, a really interesting part of, of my life. And then because I'd, had, I'd met so many celebrities during that time, I, that, I pivoted that into um, a, a branding company, connecting super brands and celebrities. Um, and then, you know, sold that company, which is called Bleach Media. And the, 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 the precursor to, to Spa Junkie was me wanting to uh, have my own product. I started yearning for getting off the, 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 the client facing only as good as your last campaign with PR and branding and marketing. I really wanted to own my own product. So I, as I said to you before, I manifest really strongly. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to design a luxury jeans line or, or, or cashmere sweaters with the rage at the time. But God had another plan for me. I ended up in Los Angeles, got invited to a party. Everyone was playing dominoes. And I was like, I knew instinctively as I walked through that door that that's exactly my next business. So I launched Hollywood Dominoes, spent loads of time in Los Angeles, sold that to Hasbro um, kind of 18 months later. Uh, and then basically the big crash happened. And that was really the pivot for me, feeling unwell. The world was falling apart. My kind of monopoly, which I thought I'd invented, wasn't going as well. And that was the precursor then to just one single-minded single, single focus to get well. And that's how Spa Junkie for the FT came about. That's And then also, I mean, A, uh, I feel like <laughs> each of your amazing ventures should deserve its own podcast. It's quite crazy. <laughs> like, I learned so much. I was like, what? But uh, at the same time, I'm like, not surprised. I'm like, okay. I was like casual. Like, okay. Did that Just one, super fast. That it's amazing. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's a manifest. And it's like, you're the true epitome of like, if you have an idea, the only thing that's stopping it is yourself. 
you know? And exactly. even if it goes which way, right, wrong, this, that, it's a learning and that's the best joy. Like, even if it fails, like, be grateful for that because that's a good lesson there as well. Um, but you have fun on it. As long as you enjoy each venture you create, that's the most important. Remember to enjoy a- it. But absolutely. I do want to talk about, yeah, and I, I do want to talk about Spa Junkie because I know, I read, you moved to India for this for a bit? I don't know. I did. I literally did. Oh so How was I- that? That was, I mean, again, as I said, I love reinventing myself every six years. I feel like it gives you a really big focus. You go into a new venture and you give yourself six years. I'm going to go in at the top. I'm going to work so hard. And if I've made it, then I would sell it and move on. Or if I didn't make it, then I would have learned great lessons, as you just said. So we were, you know, in, in, I was living in Los Angeles. I'd sold the TV rights of Spa Junkie to Ridley Scott. I was living the dream. When that all collapsed, I found myself... Um, tired, not sleeping. I was probably like 10 kilos underweight. I was a mess. I'd lost my friends. I was just just an absolute mess because I'd realized also that since my inception, the, the, all the things that we've just been discussing for the last few minutes, I'd never taken my foot off the pedal. I had worked to such an extent that I'd literally got myself so burnt out. And unlike most normal people who'd probably just go to their doctor, I was like, I know, I'll go to India. I just, it was clear as day. I needed to go to Rishikesh. I needed to learn how to meditate because the, the white noise in my head had become so overwhelming. I couldn't find my compass. My life compass had gone. My relationships with my friends, I was totally lost in this, in, 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 in my world and nothing that stickiness that I normally have had worn off. Great things always come to me and stick to me. And I basically nothing was coming to me. So I book, booked a one-way ticket, uh, checked into a ashram in Rishikesh. And literally, it was incredible. I, I started doing a Vipassana because they were like, you have so much trauma from your early life that you've just never dealt with. And you're just carrying that trauma like armor. And you need to start taking this armor off and be lighter. So that was a revelation. And then to try and, and help me with my sleeping, with my focus, and with just stopping that, that never-ending worry and repetition of, am I good enough? Is it going to work? That fear, that, that little devil on your shoulder. Through meditation, they taught me to go inside, and there was a switch button. And then through six weeks of practice, I learned to find that button, and I now have the capabilities when I'm stressing over things or I'm not seeing clearly or I'm not sleeping – I can go inside, I know where to go, I click the button and I drop into nothing. And that was been probably some of the most powerful tools that I've learned to get me through life. Mm, that, and you know what, one thing is those tools can only come from experience. And sometimes in a place like India, by the Ganges, in, in Rishikesh or any ashram, but once you've experienced it, that kind of quick turn on is because you know, you've, you've had that saving moment of meditation in an environment that's helped you. Uh, and I, and I, and I know this from myself being, um, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities in meditation, but once you have a real experience of that light feeling that let going of attachment, which is often 
not found by just sometimes doing those apps and this and that. So a lot of people, one of my friends are like, I've tried meditation, doesn't work for me. I'm like, but no, you haven't experienced meditation. That's, That's right. You, know, you have to immerse yourself. And I think in exactly. India, it's, it's, it's the culture, it's, it's in the DNA. The teaching is so true. And you're living without ego. You're eating without ego. The diet, it's that full immersive experience, which is really out of bodily. Uh, and, that, you know, for anyone wanting a career, I think if, if you want to be able to manage stress, you have to find these mechanisms. And I agree with you, you cannot get that from the Mind app. These are no. more important than any other tool that you could learn at Harvard. Uh, the, the ability to keep calm under huge stress, to sleep well and to keep your focus is something they, they, they should really teach any entrepreneur, but they don't. <laughs> I think so. They don't. And I think it's one thing where, um, like, I think we know, and you know this more than anyone, like, there is going to be many, I kind of call them micro burnouts, like mini burnouts. They'll always come in our life because things we can control, we can't control. Uh, as we scale businesses, make new things, whatever, family, there's so many ways. But if we can have those practices that we know and can really save us in those moments, because um, we can't have the luxury always to go back to India a couple of months a year and do this. Right. right. So you need to find your own coping, coping ways. And I think if it is the app and stuff that helps you, great. But you have to really know that uh, that isn't the beginning of it. It has to be something much more deeper uh, and you've got to invest in it and also be prepared to detach from everything else to give you an, and to immerse yourself into that whole experience, which is exactly what you said. And I've learned this from a young age because my grandpa is a healer. He was best friends with a man called Osho and my family grew up with Osho and, you know, he was like, my grandpa was... Really? Was, I watched the documentary. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. So he's in the documentary, my grandpa, and uh, in the Wild Wild West is one of the documentaries on Netflix, I think. Um, yeah. And generally speaking, like my grandpa had like this big white beard, no hair, and like was such a healer. And he actually passed away um, of his own choice with um, uh, his light, uh, his third eye was lit up. So we call it in, in Jainism, which I'm from, in Nirvana, enlightenment. So I grew up with this, but... Um, Again, like words and people telling you, it's very different to just my own personal experience of having found right. myself in meditation. Which uh, what yeah, a privilege so to have it yeah, in the family. A, I love that. It is, it is. But you know, growing up, every Sunday that we used to have like meditation Sundays, I used to be like, oh no, ten a.m. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but now I'm like doing it myself, and my parents laugh, and I'm like, you see, it's just it finds you in the right moment when you need it. That's what I say. That's, That's right. Like ending point there. Um, but now I want to talk about. The birth of Face Gym. Uh, so tell me, when did that start kind of brewing in Inga's crazy, amazing brain? <laughs> so after India, I was, um, I was traveling the world again. I was just on this mission that mm. I had, should make no plans and that the world would guide me. And I was incredibly open. So every dinner party, every drinks, any moment, I was just very open. So I would just wait for the message. The next message was go to Australia and work with some Aboriginal healers. So I did just that. The next message was to go to Japan and work with some Japanese healers and to get rebirthed. And I did just that. On the fourth trip, and I was obviously now writing already for the for the FT, I happened to go to um, um, Mexico and um, you know, I was very, very inspired by, the, by a few shamans in, in, in Mexico. A year later, I would now continue to actually, um, you know, take my practice from writing about spa to designing spa. 
And it was during this process that sort of collided this aha moment where my my writing was being pushed to innovation. And innovation at the time was very heavy, uh, um, injectables, um, transformation, not looking the best version of you, but just looking like someone other than you. And especially I was designing a spa in Miami and the Miami, West Coast, Florida type of beauty and wellness was extreme face transformations, making everybody look quite scary. And that was the place I was in. And I'd had a few um, uh, appointments and operations, not operations so much, but tweakments, if you like, which I was trying to program into the spa. Anyway, long story short, I had aged myself in six months. I went from, you know, an attractive person that looked great for her age with a healthy lifestyle into looking like a pincushion. And still very, very single, I realized at that moment that this was absolutely the wrong way to do this. I didn't want to be part of this narrative where we have to basically be injecting ourselves every single week, chasing the the the, the, the wrinkles around, and that to age was an absolute privilege, and that I wanted to be telling a different, much more body positive and face positive, age positive story, just like I found at that time in body, you know, with the soul cycles of this world, come as you are and just come and enjoy and, and, and be healthy. And so I realized that the beauty industry had actually just not innovated for a very long time. It was very topical heavy. It was all about skincare and spending a fortune on skincare, which actually I'd now had more than enough experience to realize didn't actually work. It was the inside out stuff that you had to do. You had to work on the muscles. You had to be using technology. And that's when I realized I've got to build a gym for the face because my body's looking fabulous. But my face is actually just um, beginning to look old from too much. So again, just to be clear, I'm not anti-anything. I'm just anti the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I think if we're going to be living to 100, I don't want my kids to be injecting Botox from 19. There is nothing wrong with having a facelift or doing Botox, but you don't need to do it in your 20s or even in your 30s as I was pushed to do. And so can we not just have a you look great and can you not just look great for the, for the age that you're in and the body that you're in and so that was really where it all began and um again fueled by the uh, shaman that I was working with in Mexico who helped me just clear my mind get me off my own addiction at the time I I, I didn't realize but I'd really got into that addiction too every couple of weeks I was like oh there's a bag there there's a line here I I I got into that tangly web of looking in the mirror and only seeing problems. So I needed to work on myself again. Mm. And then really face gym came to me through, through a plant medicine called ayahuasca. Again, yeah, working with in my, Mexico, you must have had in Mexico. Experience. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so that was a very, very clear purposeful. This is what you're going to do with your life. And just as I knew in that moment, when I went into that party where they were playing Hollywood dominoes, I knew yeah. From that moment when I saw the brand, that that's exactly what I was going to do. I didn't know what it was, but I knew Facetim was going to be um, my business. And I have to say, like a personal story, um, and we'll go into like how it's evolved. But like exactly as you said, like everyone is their choice. Do what you want, but it shouldn't be like okay. You feel like you've got a double chin. I got to do some facelift or something. You have to. Some people have different wants and needs, and for me personally. 
I recently maybe put on a bit of weight, stress eating, whatever you want to call it. But then I started looking in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I've never had this issue with my jaw, <laughs> double chin. And literally I was like, but I'm not someone personally, personally, that wants to take anything cosmetic, surgical. Or I, I just don't want to do that to my face yet. Because I don't know, I, I don't think I need that. But I do sometimes, as much as I love myself, I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I would rather not have that double chin, but it's fine. <laughs> but face gym has honestly made me feel so much better. And like after trips, I tell you, like I've gone multiple times to the facial workout and instantly I feel better. And I know it's temporary, you know, definitely if you do it regularly, it'll have benefits. That's but right. instantly my, my mental health has changed. And I honestly, I'm thinking about like getting, I don't know if you do membership, like weekly, like regular appointments. Well, I think, so I think, yeah. yeah. I think, I think the thing for us now really was lockdown changed everything mm, for us. You know, lot. again, yeah. I think, you know, when we first created Face Gym, so for those who, who don't know what it is, it's a workout for mm. your face. It's a warm-up cardio, sculpting, cool down. It's my years of traveling around the world. Um, I think they call it 60 spas, but I think it was well over 200 spas that I've actually wow. been to. Those for were like sure. 60, 60 medi spas. But basically, I distilled everything that I had tried that worked and I cut out everything that I tried that didn't work. So I was coming from a really strong base. And again, I am the customer. I'm incredibly demanding. I want things that work. I want things that are not detrimental to my health and I want things that I can afford. So that was the beginning of Face Gym. Affordable beauty for everybody that's actually not going to give you any downtime. So we launched at at, at, um, Selfridges. It was just meant to be a pop-up and they were like, you are not going anywhere. You have to stay here with us. And that was just really the beginning of, of, um, of the business. But, you know, going back to that sort of membership idea again, what we realized is that although we'd liked um, the, the early price was actually 30 pounds a facial, if you could yeah. believe that 30 pounds a workout, but with inflation and staffing, it just was, I wasn't able to keep my dream yeah. of, of come four times a week alive. And so I moved, um, thank goodness, like we'll probably talk about lockdown a bit more, but during lockdown, I was able to develop this at home concept, which means yeah. come to the gym. And then when you go home, let the skincare do the hard work for you. And we created all these, all these exercises. And I think the point you made again, is consistency. And what people don't realize is you, you know, when you go to the gym, once you're not going to get a six pack, why are you expecting your product to do, to work instantly overnight in beauty? And what that is driving is a very unhealthy culture where formulators are putting in, increasingly high levels of actives, which I do believe can also, you know, impact your skin because everybody wants to be, be, you know, skin glow quick. You want to get that yeah. pigmentation and it has to be gone by next week. And, and I think that's where we, we you know, we, we really have to sort of try and adopt this, the slow beauty and try and understand, slow treat, beauty. Oh my God, you yeah. know, just like, Try. We're going to get there, but not at the detriment of your skin biome, um, not at the detriment of your health. Just take it in its due course, and you'll get there sensibly. I love that, and you know, it's exactly what with Fable and Main is all built on Ayurveda, and you know, for me, it's a holistic, slow. Let's say it's been passed down by generations, four to five thousand years. You you probably would definitely know all about Ayurveda from India, 100%. and the and the thing is, is that it's not like my grandma never said 
put this on and tomorrow like you don't have to put it on again like no it's like you put it on weekly or bi-weekly or whatever and for us like I also make sure like we haven't gone down that in hair which is very competitive right you have this whole like this Olaplex and this, these brands which like fix your hair in four minutes and let's go but then why are people then going to the salon and be like my hair is so bad after using those products like it, it's a cyclical thing like you have to that's be right creating product and if you have something that fixes your hair so quick maybe it's quite harsh for your hair that's right right and I think sometimes natural simple but just being ritualistic with it and being mindful about how you're you know using it is so important so I love that and you've really built that ecosystem with an in-person experience place but also yes bringing it at home where let's be honest that's where most of the magic needs to happen right is when exactly you're doing it yourself and, and I love that's the, the consistency so I've actually had like a Many actually now thinking about it, I've I've been introduced to Face Gym from the beginning. I remember I was <laughs> back in the day, my first job in Estee Lauder. I was like a side influencer and uh, with my following then. And like I remember, I got invited to Face Gym and it was a pop up in yeah, Suffrages. This is right. like twenty. I don't know. This is like twenty fifteen. I think I don't know when this is. Uh, twenty sixteen. I think. But basically, it was. Um, yeah, I remember getting a treatment. I was invited, and it was amazing. And then I went to a UNICEF gala, uh, a UNICEF Halloween. I'm a global guardian for UNICEF. And I remember winning a raffle and I got a face gym box. And I still today have the gold roller. Oh my goodness, that was, that was really the beginnings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was really, I, was, I remember seeing the brand. And then now, obviously, I, I you know, I go to your, from Nordstrom in the US to here. It's incredible to see how it's grown. So I would love for you to like kind of story tell us the journey from your eyes. So, you know, as I said, it was clear, clear, clear as day. And I think when you're in the right zone with the right idea uh, and you're in harmony with what you're meant to be doing, things are very easy. So, you know, again, I got a call from Selfridges. I'd never met them before. Someone just tipped them off that they need to call me because if there's anything new going on in beauty or trend, I would normally know about it. And that was literally two weeks after Facial was just not, maybe not even 10 days. Yeah. Hi, I'm, you know, Jane Demuron, the then buyer. I'm calling from Selfridges. I believe you've got a gym for the face. And I'm like, I do. I'm like, I do. I genuinely do. And they were like, great. What is it? I'm like, yeah, you know, I can't tell you. I like, yeah, but, but tell you later. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Why? What are you thinking? They were like, well, we're thinking, and this was probably January. They're like, well, on the 1st of May, we're kicking off a big beauty campaign. Do you think we can launch the face gym? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. Put on the phone. At that point, I, you know, was living in, 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 in the ashram in, in Mexico. And I'm like, damn, looked at my bank account going, oh, journalist money. I was like, I'm yeah. poor. I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't even have a flat in London anymore. But I was like, okay, take my last bit of cash, take the plane, convinced a friend to let me stay there, um, raised a couple of hundred thousand through an EIS scheme yeah. and literally called up someone that could design treatment. But everything just flowed. It was between me and my, my assistant. We just created the brand. And, you know, at the time we were so busy focused on the experience and the, the, the results, we didn't even think to book, to get a telephone. We didn't even think because we were so not operational. I didn't have a telephone, didn't know how we were going to take bookings. And we were like, how we launched it. And we were like, so how are we going to staff this beast? You know, Clare, uh, Selfridges is open 24 seven virtually at the time they were staying open till 11 PM at night. 
And so realizing quite late in the day that ops was actually 99% of a really good idea came as an enormous shock to a creative like me. Um, So that was a, a huge lesson, but we managed to do it. I then got some proper funding into the business and I wanted to test if that was a one-off because Selfridges was such great footfall. So I did a, um, a, a studio in the King's Road and it still remains one of our most profitable studios, you know, five, six years later. And so that was just off to the races. So raising money for me has always been very easy, uh, except for now. <laughs> it's really difficult. Okay. But fundraising. Today with this climate, that's why mainly climate. after pandemic, recession ahead of us, it's tough. I mean, and also at a, world, higher, a higher raise, it's going to be hard. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, well, if the world could stop throwing historical, you know, firsts at us, um, young entrepreneurs, then that would also be quite good. Yeah. yeah. But but so that was a big that was a big learning for me on um, then how to bring operations, building a team, building a team. I found very very challenging, and it's taken me years. I think of mentoring, working with coaches, trying to decrease my emotion as a founder because founder led businesses. I think are there's so much passion. Your name so is much, on the door. So emotion, yeah. Emotion, and that you know, together with whether you're having babies or life or stress, can then sometimes just um, express in a way that's just not how a founder should. So it's been years of coaching, yeah. of trying to, you know, um, m- make sure that I leave my emotion at the door and try and find practical, supportive ways and work within a team, I think was was another big thing for me. But today we, we've done that. We will have 18 studios around the world. Um, by early next year, we're opening 64 stores in Mecca in January. We're in 50 Sephora stores in the U.S., uh, we've got a ton of, um, we're in a lot of hotels, Soho House. Uh, we've got a collaboration with the Mayborn and Claridge's. And of course, you know, with the skincare now, we've managed to break through the walls and actually create this um, ecosystem, like you say. So whether you're looking for a vitamin C cream or, or you're looking for a, for a facial, we've got everything. We've got online classes. And again, I think what really gives us that breakthrough um, and unique point of view is that we've still remained very clear with our approach to beauty. It's a fitness approach to get a beauty result. So it's not, it's, it's consistency, it's doing your exercises, the actives, no matter what, I, I put tons of great actives in and they will work if you just use them. But if you apply them in a, in your special facial way, they'll just work much faster. And you'll be able to tone your muscles and your skin at the same time. So it's it's staying really true to to our DNA, trying to trying to get people um, better results, um, um, whether they're at at home or 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 in in the studio. That's amazing. And, and I have to give a little bit of moment to your incredible, like in terms of the studio, the VM, the the. I mean, it's honestly some of the best in class. I love. Some of them look like little workout, um, like gym floors with the astro and like the little um, the quadrants, you know, uh, that it's amazing. Did you envision it to like have that kind of such a powerful kind of visual identity? I think when you try and sell something that doesn't exist, yeah. you really have so to create that experience. And so I was yeah. like, we have to 
get people to understand. You take your body to the gym. You've got 40-something yeah. muscles in your face. You've got to take them to the gym. So the only way I could do it mm. was to design a gym for the face. And that's exactly what I did. I broke the walls down. I'm like, no one needs to do facials behind closed doors anymore. And then I was like, these are not um, therapists. They are trainers. I created a boot camp and a school because I realized that so many of the therapists that were coming through the market had no idea of anatomy. They didn't know the muscle structure. They didn't understand fascia. It was a legacy of a hundred years of French facials and skincare, which is really just topical. So I um, created this boot camp when I first started it was so different that the boot camps had to be four weeks long to teach anatomy, to teach machines. Um, and at the time, we didn't have skincare, but it was really like, forget everything, you know, leave it at the door. And so we did that. I, I'm also passionate about the, the environment. So 70% of our fixtures are recycled. So that, that yeah. floor that you talk about is actually recycled tire. So it's a beautiful, sporty yeah. rubber recycled tire floor. The fixtures are Chobani pots. They're ex-Chobani um, um, pots. And then I have sometimes they were the silver or gold or a mix. So again, I think you've got to let your ethos, whatever you stand for, needs to be built into the every fiber of what you're trying to do. And so with this, uh, you know, I, I was very fortunate to work with an amazing man called Alistair Willis. He is the creative director of Adidas. And he really helped me be bold be unapologetic, remove the fear, because it was it was very out there to have like work it, don't fake it as a yeah. as a tagline for a beauty business. They were like, oh, but it's double negatives. And we we're like, and so who cares? Be bold. Exactly. Let's be yell. Bold. And so, so um, and so yeah, I think that's what's really created a very unique experience that still remains unique and cool today. And Sephora, because you know we're both having our brands at Sephora. I know you're. Congratulations! In, I, I saw you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, How's it it's going? amazing. It's going good. We actually launched. So we launched day one Sephora in store and online. Um, wow. in, we launched in the pandemic, so April 2020, the brand. But uh, obviously, launching in them in like 500 stores or whatever, you know, it's a it's a big feat for a most self-funded family you know like me and my sister so it's a wow. lot to like try to learn and of course you make a lot of no I wouldn't say mistakes a lot of learnings you know a lot of things yeah. to do but generally like you know when you work well with Sephora and you do things right by Sephora you have built a brand that can really be a legacy brand like it's they're the best incubators of beauty um, in the US for sure um, and I think They've really been pivotal to even our kind of development as a brand. Like they've been in the kitchen with us throughout all yeah. our product development. And uh, and now, like, you know, I, it's it's funny how I've always been D2C and let's go here. And now I'm like, I've got to the point where I'm like, no, no, drive to Sephora, drive to Sephora. I never thought I'd, be, I'd say that, you know. I was such a, my background in Dior and, and SA is like e-commerce, social, affiliate, like just go to your own. But they are basically our own, you know? So that's kind of like the, the cool thing about Sephora. But how is, I saw you guys in Times Square when I went there recently. How, how is it going in Sephora? So I went for the, for, the, for the launch. I mean, they've been, again, same thing. Um, when you've got a breakthrough innovation, they're so supportive. We have been yeah. in the kitchen with them. They've helped us through, I mean, everything right down to working on naming of products, of ingredients in products, giving us data. So... Exactly. I, 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 they are an incredible partner um, for the U.S. We've been online, which we found has grown um, 
you know, great guns. And now we're literally in studio uh, one month. Yeah. I think the big thing with the US is awareness. I think as little yeah. as, as small brands, when you don't have those massive marketing budgets, you have to create your noise in a different way. So how have we done that? We've set up these facial exercise classes, one to many, whether it's me or, or one of my master trainers. We do these hour-long kind of full-on collagen hacking workouts. Uh, we've also gone into stores where we basically have our, um, they're all called really funny names, but we get out like Sephora squads or whatever they're called. Yeah. And we do these face lifting sessions in different stores around the country. And we see normally a really big uptick of sales yeah. when you sit someone down and you explain the brand to them. And so, yeah, we've, I've got a meeting with them tomorrow morning, actually. Nice. I think we do too. Yeah, it's, you're with the skincare team, I guess. Yeah, we don't have the same merchants, but they're amazing that the, the Sephora fam and yeah, uh, it's exciting now Sephora is coming to the UK. So, but yes. it's interesting. We're both, we're both in Selfridges too. So it's like, uh, I have, uh, I've got my partnership with them. So it's kind of like, oh, I wish Sephora gave us a bit more time of saying when they're coming to the UK because you know we sign things that like we sign exclusivities and we sign all these things to to you know do well by our partners but yeah it's uh, it's exciting nonetheless that Sephora's coming here I'm very excited for that um, but in terms of face gym and the future I would love to know a little bit sort of what's in the pipeline are you creating is it uh, it's hard to say but are you going to be a lot more product a lot more studio is it a mix of both so I think again, it's sort of the, the journey that we've been on. If you'd asked me six years ago when I first started, I had a very clear vision and it was to be the soul cycle of beauty. Yes. 30 minutes, drop in classes, come and do that. Then um, I basically realized that lots of other people's skincare just didn't fit with my workout, the slip, the dry, the efficacy, the results. I'd realized mm -hmm. that I actually own the client and I get the client's feedback and I know what they want and that this third party brands or be they these incredible doctors didn't understand my client. And there was a disconnect between the products I was putting on the products my clients were asking for and my experience. And so I was like, I've got to go into actually creating my own skincare, which, which I did. And I was like, okay, well actually guys, you know what, let's be the drunk elephant of the beauty industry, but let's take it with a fitness approach. Then COVID came and we had to close all our studios. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, let's re, in, re like a, a pivot and, and reinvent yeah. ourselves, which we did very, very quickly. And all of a sudden, we had 3,000 people every single day on Instagram. And I was like, oh, we're the Peloton of beauty. And then you know <laughs> I what? <love> that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, stop the schizophrenia. Stop looking elsewhere. Why don't you just yeah. be face gym? Be and I finally... Exactly. I finally found the confidence <laughs> to just be face gym. So what is face gym? Face gym is today, given just the, the, the revenue numbers, which are now really very quickly switching to, to skincare, will be a skincare, yeah. skincare and tools first yes. with our studios, which again is a much um, 
more effective, uh, um, a cheaper way even, less costly for us to acquire customers and to immerse customers. The data that we're seeing is a customer that's come through the business through a studio has a much longer uh, life with us. And she also, our omnichannel client, spends 60% more with us. So it makes really good business sense for us to continue to grow our studios. Now, we don't necessarily want to grow at the, at the speed that we, we, we planned in previous years. So I think... We'll probably share that CapEx burden, and now we're looking at um, franchises, JVs, and partnerships. So, so smart. Much skincare better. first, partners in the right areas, um, helping us to build out the studio business. In the right way. And yeah. In the right way, yeah. And then just keeping That's that never-ending communication and, and dialogue with our customers, creating, uh, feeding that data from those customers. We're going quite we're almost at a million faces that we've done. Mm. It's a million people with like, we have your head in our hands. We know what's happening with your, with your skin, with your muscles. We've got so much experience in what works, what doesn't work. And it's just distilling that data into a, a line of, of products and tools and, and services that really uh, give clients what they need today. Oh, absolutely. This is like, you know, and, and data-led product development, which is your own data, right? Not even third party. That's the most powerful with the, the million people already in your seat. I think it's so smart. But also going back to your point about schizophrenia, I would say like, yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's hard because we have to react to all these crazy times, especially in the last six years of like shifting. But in a way, you are like face gym to me. And probably this is a way, maybe like you probably in deep inside know this, but it is the peloton. It is so you're trying to. You are. You actually are the the. I'm really bad at English. I don't know if it's the verb or adjective. You know what I mean. But you are like yeah. how you say Netflix and chill. You are that. You are. You are face gym. So trust me. In the industry, I'm in the beauty industry. I use you as like a huge like. I don't use peloton. I use face gym. Like it's amazing. Oh, so cool. good, good, so, good, good. That's what you are. So it's so it's hard to it's hard to you know look left and right when you actually are the one leading the way as well so I'm really 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 inspired by everything you're doing um I have a quite a now a desert island situation before we go into fire round and wrap it up but um uh, it's going to be a tough one because you know well, you know what's coming it's choosing between your babies but I'm inviting you to a founded beauty retreat but you can only bring one face gym skincare product what it, or tool uh what is your go-to today right now Oh, I think the product that probably distills where my head is at more than anything else today is probably the Active Roller. I, I wanted to ask you about this because I was going to buy them. But I was like, you know what? Inga's coming on. I'm going to ask you which one because there's three of them, right? There's the brightening, yes. there's yes. the hydrating, there's, there's the... A use. Youth. Useful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, so again... My big thing right now is I'm going to throw my weight, my experience behind biotech because over the last couple of years, the innovation in biotech ingredients is so profound. We are creating collagen out of yeast, which has got like 90% less impact on the environment. We don't have to kill animals or skin animals or, or all of the, the heat that, and, and, and energy related to actually getting collagen from animals. And that to me was such a, you've, again, aha moment that I'm really going to like, you know, get behind biotech ingredients because we can make them better than nature without depleting nature and less sensitizing. So what I love about the, the actual um, active rollers is that 
Again, face gym and facial fitness is about improving your collagen and about improving your skin metabolism. And in this roller, I've taken that active, that biotech active, that's like a serum on a stick. But when you just apply a serum, you don't get that collagen, that fiber blast as much as if you rolled it in. So I took the active, I crystallized it, I put it on a stick, you roll. When you roll, you're actually creating micro injury. What does that do? It creates collagen. It sends new fresh collagen, hyaluronic acid, elastin, fibroblast, everything that you want for great skin. Plus, it's putting the actives deeper into the skin. Oh, and if you thought it couldn't do anymore, it does. Your follow-on products absorb better because you've got those little micro channels. So for me, it's it's doing something. It's active. It's a much more clever way of getting hyaluronic acid. If you want to com- compare the results from just applying a hyaluronic acid serum versus rolling your hyaluronic, or let's talk about vitamin C, apply a vitamin C serum versus roll in take your retinol versus rolling in, it's night and day. So I think that's what you can expect more from face gym, innovative, always forward gazing, but not not just for the sake of it. If I can find something that'll do it better or faster, then that's what I'll do. Uh, And I love, I mean, and it's amazing that you've got this also that kind of uh, forever use, like they have the forever handle and then you can have the detachable and you can re, you know, refills. It's obviously the sustainability angle, but generally speaking, it's like, you are really thinking ahead, and I love that. Um, but I, what I love is as well is is the way you were speaking about it. It's like it, the excitement I can feel. And I think everyone <laughs> listening would be like, okay. And also, like, no one would have, no one has tried something like that. That is, I've never heard about it. It's like it's it's, and it also when you say it, it makes so much sense. It's like why hasn't this really been? mainstream or existing i don't know if it's existed i haven't heard about that so for no me, it it's a first to market innovation you know me i can't uh, do anything by no, I know. I ha- and sure. i have to be first i'm yeah, so it, competitive and if you're going to see something you're going to do it better like you see the dominoes let's make it better, better I love that. exactly do you know what next <laughs> week so cool. there is no yeah. need for me to go to singapore for cosmoprof but i cannot yeah sleep at night i will have such bad fomo that i've missed something that i'm like i'm going and they're like but why you're not gonna you you know you've got all your pipeline i'm like i just know that i've got to go because i'm I'm so curious (laughs) my sister's actually more the same sometimes though with my sister she'll come back with all these crazy ideas and i'm like Okay, but wait, like step at a time. We have we have this much cash flow. This much exactly the same. Step exactly by step. The same. But I also am like, no, no, no. But we have, you know, this household is good for it. We have to accept innovation and excitement because that's the, you know, money. There's always money out there. And if that, you have for a good, good ideas, idea, always, yeah. Always. And you can always make them happen. So I think, yeah, it's, it's so exciting to see. So fire around questions. This is the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what's another beauty? brand that you're currently loving right now you mean from a formulation perspective branding perspective community perspective or a bit of both everything bit of bit of everything let's say if you're going to narrow it down into one yeah I think from a look and feel perspective, I'm loving necessaire I actually it's a bath and body range I love the way that they're branded from a community perspective, I think what Beauty Pie is doing with their with their social media channels, hi, we've got this or this. What do you want? Do you want it in blue or do you want it in pink? You decide and you pre-book. And I, I love that that kind of 
using your platforms, not just for brand equity, but for that never ending, ending dialogue and being exactly. so specific. You want this? Great. Go online, <clears throat> order it. So I think from a community play, I love what they're, what, what, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I think those are the two things that I keep I, like I keep those. look at. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good. T- I necessarily love. I have the eucalyptus uh, wash and stuff. I, I mean, really, I've just tried the, the eucalyptus. Yeah, the packaging. It's, it's really good. Yeah, so good. Uh, no, and it's also like nice to have in the shower because it's not glass. It's not like so hard. It's soft. It's like perfect, and it looks beautiful. So uh, I know I completely agree with those two. I love those. Um, next question is: Do you do you have a guilty pleasure? Red wine. who doesn't Um. i love i love i mean guilty pleasure listen i love i mean apart from red wine i am am still a spa junkie uh next week of course i'm going to go to cosmoprof but then of course i top i i top and tail that i'm going to go to bali to quickly go look at a a wellness village i'm going to sumba to go and do a spa safari so i'm you know it's it's a the way I look at at beauty is still definitely three sixty. You know, you talked yeah. about hair before. Hair yeah. is so much the um the the ingestibles. It's what yeah. you're eating. It's how you're sleeping and skin too. I, it's how you're feeling. It's if you're stressed. It's how much liquid you're taking. I think you can never look at something in isolation. And I think still I'm I still I'm still a spa designer. And so, you know, because I design the spas and because in a spa, you, I have to look at nutrition. I have to look at, 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 at fitness. I have to look at, at intensive um, beauty, at, 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 at holistic beauty. And because I have this bird's eye vision of what it takes, it's full longevity, lifespan, diagnostics. I use all of that knowledge to really sort of, you know, create my skincare. And that's why you'll normally find me kind of four times a year on a week long retreat somewhere learning and just sort of getting in touch with myself again, which is so important. Taking time. It's the best investment. Have you, have you been to like, um, Ananda spa in like, yes. Okay, I love it. I could probably send you a list and you've probably done all of <laughs> yeah. them, but I will later but, share a list. And I want, I want a list from you because I okay. know um, I need to do a few, uh, you know, talking about this burnout, there's a few, there's a few moments where you can understand I'm, I'm year two to three into the business and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard at times. Uh, but um, those little escapes and necessarily, necessary like kind of just mindful retreats. I need them. So if you have any other suggestions, we'll talk off. I do. Yes. Okay. Amazing. Um, My next question is, what are you currently watching or reading? I'm reading a lot about optimization and longevity. Um, I'm reading about how the, you know, how to use your breath to calm your mind, how to use breath to sort of um, stop stress. And then I suppose longevity and lifespan is my, is my really big sort of Achilles heel right now. Um, you know, how to use diagnostics. I'll, I'll use this example. I basically wear like a, a glucose monitor at the moment yes. to see how food impacts my aging and inflammation. So um, at the moment, that's what I'm basically big on. So Dave Sinclair, uh, looking at, you know, uh, Tim Huberman, lots and lots of, um, of longevity books, looking at senescent cells in your body, how to live better, longer. That's my current light reading, oh, solving death. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big. Uh, my, my my parents Topic. right now are are with um, Deepak Chopra. It's like our godfather. And, like, wow. You know, 
Yeah, so then right now I'm very. I was meant to go to Dubai to. There's a retreat. Wow. And yeah, if you ever want to, do, I should connect you guys because you should, you should connect um, me. Yes. Yeah, I think you guys have a lot. Uh, he and he does these retreats as well. Um, very invite only. Like, and we go and we do like. So they'll do like mindfulness, yoga, meditation, talks by him. It's amazing. It's, I've been to a few in there. I went to one in Bentonville, uh, like uh, in Mexico, he said one. Like really cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll talk again about that as well. Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite social media platform? I suppose it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not happy with Instagram, but I'm still on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's kind of like, I don't understand it as much. I'm trying desperately to 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 move on um and to get onto tiktok and my kids laugh at me because i think i've got all of three followers i think i've got it down to eight now <laughs> Facebook oh, has eight hundred thousand, but it's like oh it's a it's it's a it's tricky it's tricky. i know I, I, and it's one where we're like for business it's great but for personal as always we don't yes. consume ourselves with tiktok it can be very very yes. addictive um yes. My next question is, do you have a favorite quote or like a saying that you keep close to your heart? Uh, I mean, the thing that my, my, my husband's trying to get in, dr- drilled into me, that is don't wait for it to be perfect. If it's good, launch it. Mm. Because I do have an ability to overthink, overperfect. I could probably get, you know, 35 formulations through and not have it right. And I could just continue yeah. to edit. So if it's good, go. But I, I think, you know, for me right now, it's just um, fear is the only thing holding you back. Even for me, who seems yeah. quite fearless, I sometimes yeah, do get, I do get, I do get nervous. Again, it's a tricky time to be in business. So many of my, my counterparts haven't made it through the pandemic. Many won't make it through this recession. You know, all of us are, are having to really think carefully, uh, back to your point you made around cash flow and how to survive this, because I think it'll be the biggest yeah challenge of any of our careers after having just come out of the pandemic which which was the biggest challenge so i think that that fear of failure is omnipresent the fear you haven't taken money from anybody but when you do it's an added burden that literally makes it's, you sleep it, it, it you i don't want to lose people's money it's no so, I, but don't let I, the fear I, stop you from from going for it doing you that know? exactly yeah. and i think and and you know and i think that's the thing is you know I have days and it's, you probably can relate where you have months where you're like, let's grow and let's spend. And then suddenly I'm like cutting everything on my team. are like, this guy's psychotic. One minute he's like, go ahead, book that. And the next one I'm like, 40 pounds? No way, not approved. And they're like, what's wrong with this guy? But I'm like, but it's like, you know, sometimes I look and it is as topical as weekly sales and monthly. You, know, you have to look annually. And you know, this month, yes, we had a great month, the biggest yet. But the last month was one of the worst. So like, I have to like, I have to Absolutely. take everything for granted, step by step. And really today, growth. if there's yeah. anything that I think any of us are finding is that go for growth at any cost, that is just not relevant anymore. Nobody wants to invest in a non-profitable company. You have to be profitable. And so you have to do whatever it takes. And especially today with, you know, let's be like a lot of it is, can be D2C, direct to retail. You don't have to have the distributor model as much and this. It's pretty, it can be with a good concept, good idea, you can grow a business with growth and profit in mind. That's right. It can be done. That's right. And I think uh, if you can aim for that and even like try not to go too fast. Like I say, like don't need to strive for the th- like the four figure, like the thousand plus percent growth. It's not like grow at the pace that you feel comfortable. There's no 
there's no rush for these things. Yeah. Just do it mindfully. It's very. I nice. agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. And you're in a great sector now. I think hair is yeah, exploding. Hair is... Exactly. Which is why it's like a great, that's why I'm like, oh, do I have to raise next year? Because I'm like, we are growing a lot. And, you know, now we're from three to nearly 40 people. And it's, you know, that's a, a big, big challenge as well. Team, it's another whole conversation. Yeah, but, another um, huge conversation. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a young CEO. I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I do it. But at the same time, like I, yeah, I get my days and I get my other days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sometimes super motivated. Sometimes I'm super like, what the hell am I doing? Do I hire a CEO? Do I know what I'm doing? <laughs> but that's part of the journey. But the one, number one thing is, is by bringing your community um, and your, your stakeholders too, which is your retailers, your team, just really close to you and you conversate with them a lot and you regularly see how what you're doing is impacting people. That is your beacon to go through those moments of darkness and dark thoughts and just say, this is why I'm doing it. Correct. Absolutely. And you've got to have a mission because you want to, you, you, you must you believe to. that you can change the status quo and the products that you're creating because the world does not need another shampoo unless it's oh. better. The world does unless not need another face cream, which is why I'm creating active rollers because I'm like, guys, yeah. this actually works better. It does more and this is different. So boom, that's why I'm doing I love it. that. Yeah. That's the right way. Well, uh, my, my last question before I let you go, which I don't want to, but I have to, um, is uh, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, um, and to be fair, if you weren't an entrepreneur in general, but even many businesses, what could Inga be doing right now? And let's even take out journalism because you've done that. Yes. Oh, no, I've done it all. <laughs> you've done it all. Ne- That's a hard my- part. <laughs> <laughs> my, so obviously, I, I'm obviously continuing to, 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 to build all the spas and stuff. But for me, believe it or not, I think yep. I'm going to have goats and make cheese and be a landscape architect. Like I'm going to literally That's like so have cool. a farm. I'm going to have goats and I'm going to make really great cheese and I'm going to eat it with my incredible wine cellar which hopefully i'll have because well, I'm and please patient. sell it too i'm sure we all want it so make it make it for retail please as well you make it a business as well i'm and obsessed that's so with goats yeah oh, yeah I, I oh my god you know i have some like weird go talking on tiktok i've got some goats of my own tiktok coming up i think they think i like goats or something and there's a goat like influencer there's all this stuff it's quite funny but yeah um, i'd love to so be a funny. farmer yeah oh that'd be amazing well Inga, it's been such a pleasure and, and clearly an honor for me as well to have you on the podcast. Where can everyone follow yourself on Instagram and also your brand and website? Yeah, so at the moment, um, you know, it's, it's ingatron 76 on Instagram. I'm also the creative director of the Maybourne Group, which means Claridge's, Connaught, the Barclay. I'm doing lots of spa stuff there, so you can keep looking at those channels. And then obviously facegym.com, we're, we're there. Um, and you know we're just going to continue to do great stuff so um yeah everywhere i put all the links in the summary so people can just tip, tap, you know, tap away we're going to touch base later i'm going to get i'm going to steal your amazing spa list and uh can't wait to hopefully meet in person very soon as well after you and i'll send you some active rollers as well oh i would love oh thank you so much i really appreciate <laughs> that but thank you so much for thank you akash congratulations with all your success i know it's so hard and i'm incredibly impressed by what you've done with them um, such a few years under your belt. It's no mean feat. Thank you. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.